Hello, how the tech are you? I am historian Matt, and we're going to jump into some tech stories today. Um, I have one other uh, host, but we'll uh, he'll introduce himself later. So my first story is, it's not exactly a follow-up to last week, but it's kind of related to last week. This is on the F-150 Lightning, and they've got some new tech coming out, and the F-150 Lightning will be able to power your home as just very similar to how like a uh, Tesla, you know, the wall, the battery, wall battery thing from Tesla, or there's a lot of other ones that do that whole home battery. But this is actually, you'll be able to plug in the F-150 Lightning, just leave it plugged in, and it'll be able to charge when the, uh, you know, power is cheap, electricity is cheap, and it will power your house when electricity is expensive. So Ford and Residio, I think that's how you pronounce their name, are partnering with this EV-home power uh, thing. And yeah, so you just plug it in. They have a Ford already has a home backup option that uses uh, like an 80 amp Ford charge station pro. That's what you have to use. And you just leave that plugged in, but that only powers your house. If the power completely cuts off, this one is, they haven't actually announced what it's called yet, except I think just EV home power. Uh, and, but it will actually allow you to power the house when you need to. So when the uh, setting up to, as I said, to, power the house when electricity is more expensive. Uh, unfortunately, I, I linked to the article. It was an interesting article on how it's all going to work, but they did not say when this is actually going to come out. This partnership, I, I think, just started, and they're working on it, but they haven't done it yet. So try that with your Tesla truck. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> I, for some reason, thought this was already available from some different EVs. Maybe I'm just incorrect, and I've been hearing news that it was coming. They, I think it's, you've been hearing news that it's coming because they've been saying this for quite a while. It hasn't happened. Plus you have this, like Ford definitely was saying the lightning is going to do this, but they had this, they haven't done it yet. So they do have a charger out that you, if you buy from Ford, it will, as I said, power your house if the power goes out, but not like what most home batteries do where they will power your house when electricity is expensive. Uh, so yeah, that's a new thing coming out. As far as I know, like Tesla does like in their Cybertruck or any of their cars, none of them or their chargers will do that at all. But then again, they have the power wall, so they don't want you to buy that their you know house battery instead, which will do it. <clears throat> well, I could see having both being good. Uh, yeah, uh, this is kind of for emergencies. So there's good things and bad things about it. Like if you already have a lightning, then getting a lot extra hardware to have a power your house is great. The problem is from what I can see and from what other others have said, it's like, you don't really want to like charge and discharge your, your car battery that much. I mean, it's an EV and it's supposed to do that, but you're like reducing the life of your battery in, in your car. And that's really expensive. The, the house batteries they, that they put in now uh, from different companies, including Tesla and uh, other, other places, they're not the same chemistry and they're better for, well, part of it is they can use a chemistry that's heavier, right? Like it doesn't have to be as dense uh, and that it can also handle ch more charges and discharges and it's cheaper to replace, uh, cheaper to set up and, and cheaper to replace and can take up more space and you don't care because it's a house, you know, it's not, not on your car. So, uh, there's, there's things to think about. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the, I think having both would be ideal, right? Because 
in an emergency, you know, if your power goes out for a couple of days, your wall runs out and then you're like, well, I'd still yeah. like to run my heater. And so now your yeah. car starts discharging. <laughs> but then That's like true. in, depending on the type of emergency, maybe it would be better to have your car fully charged so you can get out of Dodge if you need to. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also the idea of like, if you have solar panels, right? Uh, you might want to charge everything during the day, including your, your truck. But like, if your power has just been out for multiple days, then you may need to use your truck as extra battery for that one emergency. And then, but that's only going to happen a few times. Right. Uh, but you still be able to charge your, your truck when the sun comes back out to drive it anywhere. I mean, overall, this seems good. I think your concern about the, the life of the EV battery is, is a pretty good one. And I think like a hybrid system is probably yeah. going to be the best, but then you're buying yeah. yet another battery to put on your wall. <clears throat> yeah. You know, in, in most places, most of the time, a power outage is a temporary thing. Yep. It is not, you don't, there's in fact, not a lot of places where there are long-term power outages, especially in the places where people could, for example, afford uh, an F-150 Lightning. Yeah, that's true. Well, my parents lose power a lot for, but not like for that long, but you know, for hours, right? Right. Uh, and they could afford an F-150 Lightning if they really wanted to, but, uh, but they have solar panels and uh, they don't have a, a battery yet, but uh, that might come if they have too much trouble because they actually are set up so that even though they have solar panels, if the power goes out, they lose their connection to the power grid. They have no power. The solar panels do not power the house, even if the sun's out. Huh? Uh, so they're trying that for now. The problem is buying a battery. One of those wall batteries is really expensive. It adds a lot of expense to a, a whole solar system. So they're trying without for now and see if they can get away with it, but if they lose power a lot. They'll probably invest in a battery. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. Plus battery technology yeah. is, you know, it's, it's slow, but it's always evolving. So we may, yeah. there may be a way in which there are different kinds of batteries where if you do plan on using your vehicle like this, you get a slightly different type of battery. Maybe where you sack, you know, for example, you might That's sacrifice true. a small amount of range, but then your battery doesn't wear out so quickly. Something right. like that. Right. Something like that. I was also right. seeing, I also read something about, um, also read something about, in, and I, I kind of like this idea that in the future, uh, changing your changing the battery in your car would be simple, not this long, arduous yeah. process. But that's that's down the road and that's sort of theoretical. Yeah, I don't know. Like um, people always complain about like, oh, your battery's going to die and you're going to have to change your battery and it costs thousands of dollars. And it does happen occasionally. But there's the other part of that. What a lot of people don't know is batteries now like car batteries actually batteries from just about anything the lithium battery is highly recyclable now and there's a lot of stuff going into it and i don't know well i'm sure you've heard the term but probably not in this way but called black mass not that black mass but <laughs> this is what it is is basically they take these big batteries uh they remove some of the outer casing and stuff but then after that they basically just grind it up and what's left is just this black like looks like black dirt and they call it black mass and that now is because it's so full of minerals and stuff that we really need you know uh it is quite valuable uh so the process you know the cost of replacing batteries may go down just because the value in that battery that they're taking from you is uh 
uh, still there. There's a lot of the value still there uh, for the recycling. Yeah, that's definitely not the kind of black mass I would I would uh, think about or attend. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on this. Um, you know, in an emergency, being having, you know, maybe for me or, or you for now, it wouldn't matter that much. But if somebody, you know, even just something not not like not like a dialysis machine or whatever, but maybe if somebody can't sleep without a CPAP machine or, you know, even just yeah, not having your yeah. food in your fridge go bad. If, if, if the power's yeah. out for an extended amount of time, you know, you could, you don't have to, to keep your fridge cold. You don't have to run it the whole time. So you could, yeah, yeah. You could, you know, sort of manage that if you think the power is going to be out for a couple of days so that your, right. your, your stuff in your fridge doesn't go bad. This is, this is a good idea. Um, you know, I'd have to say though, like it's nice to have, don't go and buy, go out and buy an F-150 Lightning for, for this one thing, right? It's cheaper to buy a, a house battery than to buy a whole truck. So, right. Yeah. Uh, you can, even then you could, you could putter around town in a, you know, 15 year old, like used Volkswagen golf or something and get the, the wall yeah. battery and, and yeah, you'd, you'd be, you'd be using gasoline. Sure. But it would be cheaper. So, right. <laughs> well, cool. What do you got next? Okay. For my next topic uh this was kind of a big deal this past week and uh we only now have a chance to talk about it but google faked an ai demo i don't know if you've heard about this but uh so google announced gemini which is their new powerful suite of ai models and it's going to replace a bunch of stuff it's going to go and it's the mo going to be the model behind bard which runs a lot of stuff it's like ChatGPT and runs a lot of stuff you can do on google but they just, they, when they released and announced Gemini, they released a YouTube video with showing it some of its capabilities. And this video, I have a link to it. It's on YouTube. The, uh, uh, I have multiple links to this topic, uh, but you, I have it marked as the demo. But it's a really impressive video of a human just like, you hear the human talking, you can't see his face or anything. You supposedly see his hands in this video but he's just talking with the with gemini and going back and forth and like part of it is like he has a little video it's like a, a video of his desk and he's like pulling out papers and drawing stuff and the uh gemini is guessing what he's drawing and stuff like that it's it's really cool it, and it's just an amazing video the problem is it is pretty fake like it's not completely fake but google like they said they heavily edited it and like from what i can tell it's very edited uh the it sounds like the guy is actually talking to gemini like it, it, through voice interaction but in reality the uh, they found out that the they were typing in the prompts um the gemini was not actually seeing the video um that was showing in this uh in the demo but actually getting still frames from the video and then interacting with that. So it's sort it is actually kind of doing everything that it says it's doing, but not in real time. There's also like they they've edited out like gaps between when he says something and Gemini responds. Uh, and in a few cases, they've even like they changed the prompt. So if you'd say something in the video, that's not exactly what was going to Gemini before to get the really good response. So it was uh, kind of surprising. Uh, what do you think, Dave? That was, uh, I don't know if you saw this video or not, but it's 
kind of a bad thing Google did. Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, how like you would watch a, a commercial for fast food and then you would get to the yeah. fast food restaurant and you'd be like, that's not the thing I saw in the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like this giant, beautiful hamburger and you get there in the in the commercial and you get there and it's just like this flat little thing, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's got the, like the, it's, it looks like a, uh, they, they made it out of a flip flop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very sad hamburger. Um, the editing, yeah. I don't, the editing part is fine. I mean, you expect uh, professional videos to be edited, but the yeah. fact that they're like sort of misrepresenting what's going on is a little bit is, is bad, right? Cause they could have done exactly what they did, but then disclosed, Hey, you know, these prompts that we're speaking are actually being typed in. And sometimes we did have to change the prompt to, right. to get the desired well, I result. Think they, they said that. Somebody found this information like buried deep in uh, some of the, I don't know if it was the notes on the video or somewhere else. There's somewhere that they actually mentioned that they didn't, the, the voice wasn't exactly what was put in as prompts. You know, they changed it to text. Um, but I don't think it said that it was actually different text from the voice. I don't know how they found that out later. Uh, and it's not all prompts, but definitely some of them were, were altered to I mean, make a better response. They could have even put in the video, like at the beginning that, Hey, this is an example of what's going on. We have had to edit some of the prompts, yeah. you know, but here's sort of, here's or the capabilities is... of, of our new system. Like that would have been no problem. People wouldn't have been like, Oh, well, this is stupid because you edited the video and had to change the prompts. Then they yeah. would have just been honest and they would have been showing off their, their AI and its capabilities. Yeah. Cause I mean, I use AI sometimes to generate, you know, templates for um, some of the artwork in our swag shop. And, um, yeah, I have to try a couple times to get what I want. And so I don't think that's not going to be, I don't think that somebody just cause they're making the video for Google <clears throat> isn't going to have to do the same thing. Yeah. So they, they could have got around all this by just at the very beginning of the video said, here's a demonstration of the, you know, the capabilities of this. And, uh, you know, some of the prompts had to be changed from what we were saying in the video, but they were you know, the, 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 I, you know, the, the gist is still there. And if you want a list of the prompts that we actually used, it's in the notes, boom, you're done. Yeah. yeah like say in the beginning, this is aspirational. This is what we want to get to. We had to make some alterations along the way, but eventually we want this, want it to work like this. And even uh, showing but, people what yeah. alterations they made so that when you go to use yeah. AI, you're like, oh, well, I'm uh, the people at Google are just as big a AI dummy as I am. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like if they had shown what it actually did and like you having to type stuff in and show it like photos or something from your desk, like that's still pretty amazing that it can actually do some of this stuff. Uh, even if some of the prompts had to be altered or you have to do it multiple times uh, to get exactly the right answer. But instead they wanted to make a really slick video that <laughs> isn't realistic. They could have even kind of done like, you know, how TV shows have outtakes. They could have done the outtakes, which is them having to yeah. change the prompts and all that. in another video it would, have been, it would have been cute, right? It would have been fun. Right. Yeah. It would have been fun and kind of self-deprecating and uh, very un-Silicon Valley-like. Yeah. Al although Google isn't out there trying to raise money from uh, like VCs, so they don't really have to pump up what they're doing in any sort of meaningful way. And it would have, it would have like. People would have liked it a lot. People with the outtake video probably would have got more views than the main video. And then they would, they would have got the marketing they wanted from the, the thing that they're doing, I think. Yeah. I mean, 
Google doesn't have to fight for VC money because they're a big company, but they still are in the AI industry, right? And they're they're fighting for eyeballs. So that's probably why they made this, you know, very slick video. But uh yeah, uh, I, I yeah, they didn't need to do this. I think this is damaging to their brand, but they've been doing that a lot recently. Like I said, it just would have been easy to disclaim at the beginning, run this exact same video, and then either explain in a document somewhere what they did have to change or put up another video showing them changing things to like make, it would have been like the making of, they wouldn't have even had to be like, this is how this was messed up, right? They could be like the making of the behind the scenes, like, like it's like a movie or like, you know, the DVD extras back when people used to use DVDs, they could have done it in like another way that would have been full disclosure and also like artistic cool and in a format that people understand yes um i would say they should hire me but i don't want to work for any of these companies <laughs> so doing doing fine working on your own um close enough we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there we are getting there eplex.store <laughs> eplex.store everybody you can buy the toast cat that matt's wearing yes Anyway, I guess it's uh, time for me now, isn't it? Yep. Hey, everybody. How the tech are you? I'm producer Dave. I uh, somewhat produce this show, and I'm the producer of all the other shows here at Echoplex Media. You can check out our website, echoplexmedia.com, for more information. My first story I found, because it sort of reminds me of something we used to do, but this is much more nefarious than the thing we used to do. There is a uh, podcast invites are part of a Facebook scam to steal people's Facebook pages. This comes to us from Engadget. So as part of the the setup for a Zoom meeting, Facebook users are tricked into giving the scammer admin access to their Facebook business page. Uh, The scammer would ask the page owner to share their screen and go to a settings page called data sets within Facebook. It's sort of a buried, buried setting that not a lot of people use. I have, I use Facebook a lot for marketing our stuff and I've never seen it in data sets. The, the creators would generate a unique URL that the scammers could use to get into the business account. Um, they would just, the scammer would basically just say that you needed to generate this for some reason, something having to do with the podcast appearance or, you know, something that you needed to uh, be on their podcast or to help promote. But then they'd screen cap that URL. And without any further authorization from the creators, they could use, the scammer could use that URL link to access the Facebook business account as an admin. The scammer would then remove the actual owner's ability to log into their own Facebook business account. And after that, well, they would post spam. Um, this is not terribly dissimilar to something we used to do maybe 10 years ago. But what we were doing 10 years ago was uh, ideologically motivated, let's say. And instead of filling the page with spam, we would fill the page with goats. And I've linked to an article from the L.A. Times about one of the more famous times we did that. (laughs) Any thoughts on this, Matt? Uh, Well, I'm surprised that they could uh, just get a URL from one of these deep down, uh, you know, settings pages or whatever it's called. Uh, and be able to get admin access. I know you on other websites that I've used, you can generate like access URLs for and, and access keys for different uh, groups or if you want to basically connect with a, um, I don't know, with a bot or something for some, some of these kind of things where 
uh, you want to automatically post something or something like that, but it doesn't give you like admin access. It gives you post access, right? It's basically is, through the API or whatever that you're allowed to post. Yeah, exactly. It gives you API access for, for posting. And you can usually go in and set the access level that you want them to have. But, uh, I'm surprised that this thing will actually give you admin access. Yeah. I was surprised too. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I imagine this is gone now, right? Since this article's yeah. up, this must be gone. This, so. But it was it was buried. I'd never heard of it because I've given tons of people access yeah. over the years to our fi- different Facebook pages, not just the one for Echoplex Media. And I've had to, I go in, I select the level of access they want. I have to have that person's email address, I believe, if I want to add them, like the email address they use to log in. And then I have to re-log into Facebook. And then it asks me again, if I want this person to have the, the access and then it sends me an email telling me that I did that. And you know, do if you don't want to do this, here's the place to go revoke it. And, um, it just seems like, seems like this one, this is basically one click. And if you're logged into your own personal Facebook account, now you have the highest level of administrator access to somebody else's business account. Uh, this seems like a lawsuit kind of thing. Yeah, I and like it you could know, you be. Could, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. What? I, I don't know what. Um, I don't know what size are these these groups or businesses are that are getting hacked are and like. I mean, obviously, I assume they would be suing Facebook for op, opening up such an obvious hole in their security. Uh, but you know, Facebook has had security issues for a long time. Uh, I don't know what they get away with, but Facebook is really important to a lot of businesses. Yeah, I think they're they're probably not targeting large business, right? Because large business is going to be like, you want to have somebody fr- from our organization on a podcast? Actually, here's what we require of you. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're not going to get on a Zoom call and have somebody share their screen and click around. They're going to be like, this violates all of our security protocols. This is probably, you know, somebody who either works by themselves or works with a very small team and they're the person who manages the Facebook or maybe they don't even really yeah. manage the social media. They're the owner or the, you know, the, the head honcho of like probably a, probably a small business, usually like creators or influencers, I would assume is who would be targeted by this. And I think this article sort of says that, you know, one of the pages had half a million followers, right? And that's, that's yeah. a, that's a lot of followers that somebody got a hold of, but it wasn't like a large business or anything I had ever heard of. So this yeah. is, this is bad. Um, takes advantage of inexperienced people. And uh, if anybody out there has ever tried to get customer service from Facebook when they've been locked out of their account, uh, they know what, they know how that goes. Yeah. So once this person owns your page, they probably just own it forever. And you yeah. probably just have to start over. Yep. And, uh, and uh, it damages well, your brand. Thinking- it damages your brand because some people might assume that you're to make money allowing this person or this entity to post ads and spam on your your page. Yeah. Because once the page is um, compromised, you have no way to get the word out to the followers of the page that it's been compromised because you're not going to be personal friends with all of them. And there you may not have a backup page or, you know, enough people on Twitter or Instagram. But, I, you know, it's crazy here too is if um if somebody got a hold of my facebook business uh profile they would have access to my instagram too wow yeah that makes sense 
but because I, but, you know, it, it, it allows all kind of neat stuff. Like it's the only way to get your Instagram shop really is to integrate it with meta meta business. Yeah. And so being able to tag products on Instagram is huge. So this is a big problem. And <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to say that I wish I knew about this when we were, um, uh, stealing pages for, uh, other, I would call them more funny, uh, reasons, but I kind of wish we I knew know. about this. All right. Up next, I have, uh, one Mr. Alex Emmerich Jones was unbanned from uh, X slash Twitter. Alex blamed his bad rep on media and PR firms during an interview that he did with uh, Elon Musk. A year ago, Musk had refused to reinstate Alex Jones, saying no mercy, no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain, politics, or fame. <clears throat> Elon, during the uh, interview uh, that was on Twitter Spaces, did in fact ask Alex Jones about Sandy Hook. But as you might expect, Jones misrepresented his statements on the matter, uh, contradicting court records, actually. Um, and then Jones drew comparisons be between himself and Elon Musk, saying the media lies about them both. And then they had a bit of a panel discussion. Uh, and there was a rogues gallery in the panel discussion that included Michael Flynn uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Jason Calacanis, Andrew Tate, Ed Krasenstein, and uh, more. Lots of lots of lots of grifters up in there. Wow. So my uh, take on this is that uh, Elon's no longer mad at Alex Jones for saying all kinds of mean things about him in the past. I guess so. He probably figures that uh, Alex Jones will bring more of the the right kind of people for the website. You know what I mean? Yeah, or just more people in general to the website. Because in the past, like Alex Jones has been, I wouldn't even say critical of Elon Musk. He said a bunch, of, he also just probably told a bunch of lies about Elon Musk. Like, yeah. Like, he was talking about, like, when he talks about globalists and the New World Order and stuff, you think he didn't, you think he, up until recently he wasn't including Elon Musk in that list of people? Yeah. Well, he probably won't include him now because uh, he helped him get back on Twitter. Right, right. The, but that's how you get out of the new world order is you, uh, you let, uh, you let Alex Jones back on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I listened to some of the, uh, some of the, the Twitter spaces and we ran a clip of it last night on our main news show. And it was, the clip was funny because uh, Vivek Ramaswamy forgot to mute his phone while he was going to the bathroom. And so you heard, I was going to ask if that it was that clip. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. There's not much to say here. It's just, just that, you know, it's only been a year and, uh, Elon Musk changed his tune real quick. And I think you're right. I think it's because of declining, some declining metric that he thinks Alex Jones may help him with. And I don't, well, I don't think it's going to help him get the advertisers back. That's certainly not true. That's certainly not true. I wonder if he thinks Alex's audience might be more inclined to uh, pay for Twitter. That's possible. But they're I mean, already buying um, they, Super Male Vitality from Alex. <laughs> That's the joke I was going to tell. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> exactly. If they're, you know, they can be duped into buying all the, the crazy stuff Alex is selling, then they probably pay for uh, the monthly subscription to Twitter. Yeah. I, we'll see what, that, what happens, though, because uh, Twitter's revenue has been just falling off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, He's trying to move towards a paid model, which I can understand, you know, stuff that's paid for generally is better in a lot of respects, but, uh, doesn't seem like that's what he's really doing, bringing these crazy people on and Twitter is just becoming more of a cesspool than it was before. 
and it doesn't seem like he's getting enough revenue. So we'll see what happens. It would have been neat if they would have moved to a subscription model before all this, if they would have said, well, you can also yeah. pay for, you know, uh, you know, I, they, I guess if they called it Twitter blue or whatever, and you get these, you know, you can post longer posts, you can post longer videos, you get access to, uh, you know, the more detailed analytics. I don't like that it pushes you up to the top of the replies because you paid for it because it just like kind of distorts the conversation in a, in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, for all this guy's talk about bots, you know, if somebody's running a bot farm, you think they don't got eight bucks a month for like 10 different bots to go like distort a conversation. Of course they do. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. Um, Alex Jones is I think on his way back into the mainstream um, just because of our current media environment and people's distrust of all kinds of things. <clears throat> I don't think him going back on Twitter is that big a deal, but I do think it's interesting that Elon Musk swallowed his pride because I don't think he cared at all about Sandy Hook. I think he cared that you could find probably hours and hours of clips of Alex Jones talking about Elon Musk and he doesn't, doesn't yeah. like people who criticize him very much. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly what's going on. Yeah. And it's, it's whatever, you know, I still have to use Twitter because not for this show, but for the other shows, I absolutely have to be on there. Um, but I'm reading more and posting less. That's for sure. And I think a lot yeah. of other people I know, except for disinformation researchers who are actually pulling like a lot of clips to, to make sure that people see what's going on. I think a lot of other people are, sort of doing the same thing. It's unfortunate that um, Blue Sky didn't really take off and that Mastodon has a reputation for being complicated, even though, you know. Not that complicated. <laughs> but, I mean, I understand. People are like, what server do I join? And the answer is any. Um, but, you know, yeah. like, when it, like people just, they think it's too complicated. And Threads, we'll see how Threads does. I haven't gone on there yet because I, I should be on there, but I, that's, I just don't, I just don't need an, another thing. And that's also a meta yeah. product. and. A, I don't like it. You know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this, but I, I think, I think it'll just be links to his shows. I don't think he's going to be like really engaging on there much. Um, yeah. And I do believe the uh, Twitter space that he was a part of is up for anybody to listen to. Uh, but there's also just clips of uh, Vivek Ramaswamy taking a piss. If that's what you're really <laughs> there for. Um, and I guess that's the show. Um, yeah. I'll do a little readout for the podcast uh, listeners. Hi, podcast listeners. You've been uh, checking out How the Tech Are You? This is our weekly uh, tech show. Uh, thanks for sticking around through the podcast if you listen this far. The uh, technical difficulties, which I will just leave in, were technical difficulties. We do record the show live, although the show isn't live. Uh, speaking of live, you can check us out live Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, shows generally start at 7 or 9 p.m. Pacific, and that's at twitch.tv slash echoplex media and uh keep your eye on our swag shop at eplex.store because a bunch of new stuff is dropping i may even make a new logo or something for how the tech are you have a great tech and week everybody <laughs>